Uh, will it get better when you go to the grocery store this weekend? I don't know. I mean, I didn't have high hopes uh, as we awaited the announcement from the federal government yesterday. I really didn't. Did you? Were you really thinking this was going to fundamentally change the way things go? Maybe it will. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But the plan to cut food prices in Canada has now been revealed. Um, you remember the federal government called the heads of Canada's big grocery chains to Ottawa and gave them an ultimatum. Come up with a plan to save Canadians money in your stores or you're going to have to pay. Remember, taxes were the big threat. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, you got a month. Report back before Thanksgiving. So they did. And we got the details yesterday. Um, and like I say, I don't, I, I, we'll go through it. We'll go through it. Um, but I don't know if we'll see people dancing in the aisles at the local Safeway this weekend. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Janet Music is with us. Um, Janet is a research assistant at the Agri-Food Lab at Dalhousie University. She's joined us before. Janet, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. To me, and like I say, the language from uh, François-Philippe Champagne, the Minister of Industry yesterday as he announced this, was pretty vague. Like, before we get into some of the specifics, what's your overall sense of, of what we heard yesterday? Is it a solid plan, do you think? Well, if I could sum it up in one word, I think that word would be underwhelming. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of in the same position that you are, Uh you know, my expectations were low to begin with, and uh, I come at this with a healthy sense of skepticism. So it was very vague. There wasn't a lot of details, certainly no uh, measurable kind of uh, actions to be taking place. So, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. But, I, I, you know, future plans don't put food on the table today, yeah. and I'm pretty sure most of us have to eat every day, right? Yeah, this is the thing. There's a lot of we're committed to, we're going to, but, uh, you know, in terms of putting together your Thanksgiving dinner this weekend, I don't know if there's a lot of help. Let's go through some of the commitments that are there. First, this one sounds really good, but I don't know how it actually translates into real life. Grocers must provide aggressive discounts across a basket of food products, price free, uh, freezes and price matching. So that sounds great, but but how does it actually happen? How will we see it, Janet? Well, if you can recall last year, just before Christmas, Loblaws uh, made a big announcement, uh, you know, Galen Weston and his family-friendly sweaters, talking about how they were going to freeze prices uh, across the board on very important staples. And then, you know, someone else, uh, you know, the CEO of Metro came into the news and said, we do that anyway. That is a matter of course. There is a blackout period, uh, November, December, uh, over these staples anyway. So that's just an industry standard. So, you know, and that was a bit of a revealing little bit of sniping back and forth mm -hmm. there that we don't actually get to see very often with these things because uh, price prices are set in the boardroom, right? And all of that is very hush-hush. And so is is this what they're referring to? I suspect so. Uh, they already do it anyway, and so now they're just going to talk about it as if it's the thing that's going to save uh, Canadians' pocketbooks. But, you know, if they're freezing them at the rate they are now, they're already elevated over this time last year. So, uh, you know, I think it sounds great, but, you know, will it matter in the long run? I, I you know, I don't think so. Now, I guess to try and give us a little reassurance, because I'm with you, Janet, I'm not holding my breath on this, but they've created something called the Grocery Task Force, and I I think that's the accountability piece. One of their jobs, one of the things they're supposed to do is monitor this to make sure that it happens. But again, we we don't know who's on this force. We don't know where they're working or anything like that, do we? 
No, it wasn't announced. So we don't know who's going to be on the task force, specifically what they're looking for, what the carrot is in this situation. So what's in it for grocers to do this? And what the stick, what is the stick uh, if they don't do what they say they're going to do? So again, very low on details. You know, we can all put together a task force. That doesn't mean that task force has any teeth, right? So Again, I, you know, we were very surprised in our lab that they were coming out on the Thursday before Cape, uh, Thanksgiving to kind of make this announcement. We assumed it would be after Thanksgiving, uh, because the deadline was actually, uh, today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we were hoping that there would be, uh, some real tangible changes. I mean, they could have announced names to that task force. They could have announced the you know the priorities or or some of the deliverables they expected but really they were short on details in that respect um one of the things that's in there um like i say there's five and one of them talks about improving accessibility and availability of data to help out smaller players specifically do you know what they're talking about i'm i'm always a big fan of let's get all the information out there let's be transparent let's have access to all the info do you know exactly what they're going to be at improving the accessibility to well, it's interesting, you know, because we're we're a very data poor country when it comes to some things and the grocery or the food supply chain data is is data that's very difficult to get a hold of. So, you know, regardless of what they had in mind and they don't again, they don't specifically say uh it can only be helpful because there's it's pretty dry the landscape in terms of data to begin with. You know, I think any company in in any given industry is very protective of proprietary data or data that they don't legally have to, uh, you know, uh, release to the public if it's not required. Uh, so, you know, and, and that that is pretty common across the board. And I think in terms of groceries, you know, 80% of the grocery market is controlled by five large players. And so any kind of sales data or any kind of pricing arrangements that these retailers have with their providers could actually be beneficial for smaller providers if they want to be competitive, right? So, I mean, it's interesting that they even acknowledge that because in the past they haven't. So, right. I, you know, I'd give that a C, C plus. Okay. You mentioned competition, which uh, whenever we talk about just about any kind of situation like this in this country, I don't care if it's, you know, um, telecoms or, you know, cable TV, it doesn't matter. It's always a talk about competition. They do mention that. Uh, the Competition Act, which has been in the spotlight in so many different ways. Um, that's not new, though, right? Like I say, we've talked about that a million times. Putting it in this plan doesn't really change that because it's always been an issue. Exactly. It it has. And, and uh, you know, we've given, we've had this conversation in the past. Competition would be better in the grocery industry, obviously. Again, five major players. And a colleague of mine said, you know, the biggest thing that the government did, the most impressive thing was getting those five CEOs in one room. So, you know, the government could have been doing this all along, right? They didn't have to wait until now to have this announcement. And so, you know, I think smaller providers would welcome a change. Uh, you know, when it comes to having such a small amount of powerful players, we don't, you know, we don't know what is an industry standard or what is collusion, right? And it's hard to identify because if there's only three or four people and they all decide to make the same decision, well, is that not just an industry standard? 
And so, you know, we saw this kind of thing happen with the bread pricing in 2017. And and the only reason we found out about that is because Loblaws came out and admitted to it. So, again, this kind of goes back to releasing different data, but also competition to stop this so-called industry standard in a way that impacts consumers at the cash register. So ultimately, what we heard announced yesterday, Janet, do you think it's going to make a difference? Will we see a noticeable benefit here uh, as Canadians who are obviously struggling with food prices? There's no denying it's a problem, but will this help? Well, I mean, the retailers are only one stop on the grocery supply chain, right? Uh, You know, and I... We think of it as a, as a chain, you know, farmer grows food, then somehow it gets to the grocery counter and then we take it home. But there's actually, it's very complicated and, and everybody within that supply chain is is in an inflationary landscape. And so everybody is faced with higher energy costs. So, you know, input costs for farmers are going up in transportation and, and for processing and packaging. So... By the time it gets to the grocery store, we've already had, you know, half a dozen to, you know, maybe even 20 or more suppliers, you know, up their costs. And that kind of accumulates until we start to pay for it. And then we're like, whoa, this costs a lot more than it used to. Well, it costs more to produce it. And so is it fair that the retailers are the ones that are going to have to take the loss for everybody else's prices going up? I don't really know. And and so do I think that it's going to make a difference in the long run? I want to be optimistic, but, you know, we've been down this road before. And so I think I have a healthy sense of skepticism. Uh, but maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe we'll all be surprised. But Janet, you make a point here, and you know what? I mean, this is the, this was the second time that the big grocery chains were hauled down to Ottawa and called out on the carpet and told to come up with a situation. And, and they said, listen, look at our margins. We're, it's not us. There's a million things that you need to be addressing before it even gets to our stores that you're looking in the wrong place. They told them that twice, going back to uh, late spring, early summer, and then again uh, in September when they were called back. I mean, are we looking in the wrong place? Like, I, I think, you know, they, they, they were pretty transparent. I mean, I don't think we knew everything, but they said, look, our margins haven't changed. We're, it's not like we're gouging anybody. There's not like we have a bunch of money we can just give back. So are we are we going about this all wrong and looking for savings in the wrong place? Because like you say, there's so many things in that line. Yeah, it's it's pretty complicated. And I think, you know, we want to have a villain in this situation and, and they make a convenient villain. It's 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 easy to be suspicious of them because they've they've behaved poorly. I mentioned the bread pricing scandal. Mm-hmm. They've behaved poorly in the past, and so there's no real trust for them because they haven't earned any trust. And so I think Canadians are coming at this from a very honest place. They have a right to be skeptical. Uh, and I think, you know, as most of us, most consumers, especially, especially urbanites, we don't really understand no. how our food is made, yeah. right? And so, uh, you know, we can't point fingers at anyone else because we don't know who those providers actually are. And so I think there's there's room for a lot of education and learning here from people who are pointing fingers at grocers who probably should shoulder some of the blame, but probably not all of it. And so to really understand how something like the carbon tax impacts food costs. Well, we don't really know that, and their measurement for that is not very robust. So, 
you know, and they're not very forthcoming. And I, when I say them, I mean, you know, the people in charge, right? So yeah. I think, you know, information, when we do get it, we're we're skeptical about it because it doesn't seem robust. It's not intuitive and people are questioning. And I think the answers that they're getting are, are vague, you know, as you mentioned, uh, and they don't seem to be problem solving. So, you know, take that, I guess, as you will. Exactly. And see, see what happens with it. Uh, Janet, great insight as always. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me and happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks, Janet. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.